0: A lot of these partners have thousands of products that they sell. The most challenging thing about partner enablement is trying to merge all of those streams into this great, highly functioning, mindshare superstar. Welcome to the State of Sales Enablement Podcast with your host, Felix Kruger insights and actionable advice from B2B marketing and sales experts that share what it takes to achieve sales enablement excellence.
1: What's harder than enabling your own sales team? That's right, enabling multiple sales teams across a complex partner ecosystem. Our guest in this week's episode is an expert in channel sales enablement. She'll talk us through the most common challenges she encounters, strategies to scale partner enablement effectively, and how to go about launching a new partner enablement program. Please welcome Ring Central's Channel Sales Enablement Strategist, Devin Holup. Devin, thank you so much for joining.
0: Thank you so much, Felix. This is a pleasure.
1: For anybody who is not familiar with you and your name, what has been your career path so far and what do you do now?
0: Well, my career path, which I feel like so many people in sales enablement have very interesting career paths. We usually have some kind of humanities degree, so I am quite similar to that. I have a degree in English literature, and I graduated in 08. So here in America, there were no jobs in 08 for English literature majors, so I was waitress for a long time. And then I needed health insurance, so I fell into car sales, which I actually really loved and I was actually amazing at. My nickname was the Rubicon Queen because I sold more Jeeps in Colorado than anyone else.
1: Oh, man. One of my favorite calls, by the way.
0: Well, Jeeps were really easy to sell because people knew what they wanted. They came in and purchased a Jeep. But then I went to Audi and I sold at Audi and it was a lot different. And I learned about value-based selling. And there it was very much where customers came in and they may have had quite a few luxury vehicles on their list to check out and test drive. And if you tried to match price with them, it was a very lukewarm experience for both the customer and you didn't really hold any value for the dealership. So I really started to explore what the true intentions of value-based selling were. That was very exciting to me. And then I was always the person who was going out and teaching people how to use their vehicles. I'm a very, very patient person. So after a while, my boss was like, why don't you just do this? Like, this could be your job. And I'm like, wow, that's awesome. So I spent about five years. I did about 7,500 product tutorials with one-on-one with customers. So I was always in a car and I was always looking at the person in the driver's seat. So I got a really bad neck, actually, <laughs> and I couldn't move my head after a couple of years. Like I was like, oh, stuck like this.
1: That's a next level of customer centricity. <laughs>
0: it was really interesting. And as I was doing that, I was starting to train customers and realize that there was different learning learners and really starting to value all the different Profilers in learning and about how to merge that value based selling that I had experienced as a salesperson with then experiencing that as a trainer in the post sales motions. So it was really intriguing to me and I became quite passionate about it. And I was in a car with a woman who later became one of my teammates at Ring Central. And I was teaching her how to use her car. And she was like, well, what do you really want to do? And I'm like, I just love to teach people how to sell. But within that sales cycle, how to really involve the customer experience. And she was like, well, that's sales enablement. And I'm like, there's a name for it? And (laughs)
1: she's
0: like, yeah, there is. So I actually went back to grad school and I got my grad degree in learning design. And organizational change management, and then I went to work with a lovely woman, and she's on my team at Ring Central now. So it's a very serendipitous story, but I think for a lot of enablement professionals, we kind of come into the business like that. I don't think any kid wakes up, you know, at six or seven, and when you ask them what they want to do for their career, goes, "I want to be in sales enablement." So. It's definitely a path I think a lot of people in the industry will definitely resonate with.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think at this early stage of sales enablement, there's still a lot of people who kind of have different backgrounds and enter it, as you said. But I really strongly believe that there will be more structure around the job and there will be more on the radar of... People in general, like in the sales space, but also of university and any academic institution that will build more of a body of knowledge around it to make it easier for people to enter the space.
0: I love that. Felix, you and I can start definitely evangelizing that because I definitely think that that needs to happen.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So people understand your setup and your role within the organization What exactly does RingCentral do, and what are the kind of customers that you guys serve?
0: So RingCentral is a global UCAS, cloud-based communication platform. We were born in the cloud. We've been doing it forever. We started with fax, actually. Online fax kept the lights on for a really long time at RingCentral. And then we developed a PBX, a online cloud-based PBX replacement. Because, you know, the days of like the old phones, like the Cisco Avaya phones, it's definitely, especially with post-COVID world, it's definitely transitioning onto only cloud. So there's an amazing market for it. And we've watched all these different competitors pop up. And it's really a value to me at RingCentral that we were born in the cloud and UCAS is what we do. We also have a customer experience platform that is CCAS. And so I love that because I really am a true advocate for the employee experience, really helps to shape and give residency to the customer experience. If you have an awful experience as an employee, like how great are you going to treat your customers? So at RingCentral, we really merge the employee experience with that customer experience on those two platforms. And we're global. We're in over a hundred countries. We're just launching into India, which is huge, huge market and really big for UCAS as far as total addressable market right now.
1: Awesome. And you specifically look after partner sales enablement, correct?
0: Yeah, I'm on the partner enablement team, which is, it's complex. It's challenging. I think the partner community is so shrouded in mystery. Like you're always having to explain like what the partner community does, what the ecosystem looks like, what channel is. I love to explain it as, oh, do you have an Apple iPhone? You didn't probably buy that phone at Apple. You probably bought it at one of the distributors like Verizon or at and So that's the channel. But so many people don't understand how products get to market and having this really rich partner ecosystem. It's very rich and exciting because it's always about creating great value for not just our customers, but really our partners.
1: If I imagine a company like yours set up with a rich partner ecosystem and there's essentially lots of different partner sales teams that you have to deal with, how do you effectively enable them without actually sitting in the office and having those relationships like how do you go about that?
0: Well it's all about mind share, right Because a lot of these partners have thousands of products that they sell. It's not necessarily just technology platforms or software products, they may sell everything from pens to laptops to then software and things like that. So it's really creating mindshare. And the most challenging thing about partner enablement is everything needs to come together kind of seamlessly. You have to have your programming really well thought out and very intentional. You have to have on-target marketing that you're always tweaking to get the right message. You have to have great incentives. Your operations, your processes have to be very easy to work with. I think that's one of the greatest things about Ring Central's channel program is we're really easy to work with. And then you also have to have a great enablement team. And one of the best things about partner enablement is trying to merge all of those streams into this great, highly functioning, mindshare superstar.
1: That's right. And how do you go about establishing mindshare if, let's say, senior management onboards a new partner, you know, they agree on the commercials and then it's time to start collaborating on the sales front. Like, how would you make sure that you establish yourself as that person enabling that sales team and how do you build that mindshare that you referenced?
0: I think it's really creating a lot of value in the enablement. I think that companies that we partner with, what is our bottom line is that we want revenue. We want to sell licenses. But of course, we're super easy to work with. But then when we're enabling new partners, we want to make sure that they're onboarded really fast and that they understand all the processes and how we work, our rules of engagement. And then we start building in these layers where we have certifications around our product portfolio. We help them build out their marketing plan. I think that that is a great opportunity in really securing partner mindshare, is really teaching them how to have their own marketing around our product portfolio, co branded marketing materials, and then building in very curated and bespoke. Enablement, engagement. Like today, we did a webinar on selling into the SMB space. Always asking the partners what they want. I think that that really resonates along the lines of making really curated programming and content because they know their business and they know their customers way better than we do. If we created enablement without getting their feedback, we would just be creating it in a vacuum. So we're always working with those partners to make sure that we're really agile, iterating the kind of enablement content that they wanna see for not only their employees, but also for their customers. And I think that that's the greatest thing. When I talk about the virtue of partner enablement, it's creating this relationship between our company, our organization, the enablement team, but the partners, as well, because the partners really want to take care of their customers and there are mutual customers. So we have to set expectations and have very clear communication about who will be responsible for what motion. And I think that's the coolest thing about channel enablement is really creating this virtuous partnership between those partners.
1: That's really interesting. So in a way it sounds like you're essentially also doing a marketing job in a way that you engage partners to secure that mind share. Is that fair to say?
0: Yeah, and it's really interesting because I feel like in partner enablement, you're kind of doing everything. You're building programs. You're really trying to dive down into the operational. What processes are getting speed bumps in them that are slowing people down or discouraging people from working really well with you? And then the enablement piece comes in. We're supporting them, we're building them. And to build that value with partners, where something that I really love to communicate with partners is I'm not just teaching you about how to develop great discovery skills for Ring Central's platform. I'm teaching your employees to develop great discovery skills. And that's just an example for anything that they sell, having that industry mindset where, oh, this is something that's really happening in the market that you should be aware of. Like, having that communication with partners, I think it goes beyond just simple enablement of how to sell. It really teaches them how to see things from a very holistic viewpoint and then really drives down into that value-based selling, which I love.
1: Awesome. It sounds like you have quite a large partner ecosystem, so I can imagine it's difficult to find that balance between doing things that really scale and things that are really personalized for the respective partners and I guess on a micro level also the individual sales reps like how do you manage that balance between scale and personalization
0: oh gosh Felix this is like one of those things that keeps me up at night actually I've lost a lot of sleep on this because it is so true if I could do everything that I wanted to do when you talk about partner enablement with a huge partner ecosystem that we have, it's just not feasible in the enablement industry. We're not a revenue generating. So it's hard to get headcount. It's hard to get sometimes some of the resources that we need, licenses for LMSs for partner-facing things. So it's really hard sometimes to do that scale, but you have to be really creative and you have to do things that are kind of really out of the box. And Maybe it's a one-off sometime. Like I'll give you an example. Like we had a partner manager come to me and he was like, it was at a, a national partner and they had a lot of new employees that are really young. They're just right out of college. And so they don't know anything really about selling and they don't know anything about the product. But having these big certifications and things like that, that was taking a lot of time from them because they were getting onboarded on every product that they sold. So they needed really like micro learning. And so the partner manager and I developed something with Google Classroom, which is great. Like, please, everybody check out Google Classroom. It's so easy to scale with it and to do these really bespoke enablement projects. We did something called the Dojo. And once a week we had one of our solutions engineers and the partner manager and me on, and it was 20 minutes. And we would do things like value-based selling products, things, and we gave away prizes and we made it really gamified. The thing with Google Classroom is everybody needs a Google account to access it. So we encouraged people to actually open their own Google account and drive up the dojo so they could pick all these really silly names. There was like a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle reference, and there was all these Karate Kid references, and it was just really fun. And then at the end, when everybody had passed, we sent out custom black belts that we made. (laughs) And like, we got those black belts for like 99 cents a piece. They were like really cheap. So what was the investment really in that 20 minutes a week? and like building content and then the 99 cents per. But it went really far to gain that mind share and it was fun and it was unique and it was a great way for that partner manager to get in front of those people. And they're never going to forget that. They're never going to forget that partner manager. So it was just something kind of out of the box that didn't cost very much and it had a really big impact.
1: I absolutely love that. That's such a great idea. I think you talking about it. I can see how sales reps would find that really fun to participate in something like that.
0: That was really fun. Yeah.
1: So you mentioned sales training in particular. Are there any other areas that you focus on to support your partners?
0: Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, we onboard a lot of our global strategic partners, and so those are big endeavors because they may be the at and or the Verizons or things like that. And so you don't necessarily know how many partners are going to be involved. So you build these big tracks out. And this is where creativity comes into play because right now everybody has webinar fatigue. And that's usually a great way to communicate and enable these partners is through webinars. But what do you do two years into COVID when everybody's tired? So we're always trying to pivot and change. And like I said, I lose a lot of sleep thinking of new ways to engage them.
1: In terms of the sort of content you create to support partners, in terms of their product knowledge, probably something that product marketing is also involved in, the sort of tech tools that partners can use to easier sell your platform. How do you go about assembling those? Like, Are those areas that you also look at when supporting partners?
0: Yeah, definitely. I mean, I got to say like clickable playbooks are the best tool in my arsenal because one cheaters, partners may have all these products that they sell. And if they can just keep a file on their desktop of RingCentral collateral that they can just go in and it's clickable, they can send those resources to perspective customers that's really really useful. And then we work really closely with the direct enablement team. We have a really, really amazing direct enablement team. And one of the other things that I really encourage people, get to know your marketing team, like voice of a customer. There's a woman who heads our voice of the customer business unit at Ring Central. And she's my darling. Like I reach out to her all the time because Stories are what sell. People care about people. So those use cases and those real customer stories are what really like engages not only the partners, but the prospective customers. And I always think about customers don't know what they don't know. You know, like I always think Henry Ford, he said, if I would have asked a customer what they wanted, they would have asked for a faster horse. Steve Jobs was like, why would I ask a customer what they wanted for an iPhone? They would have never thought of an iPhone. So really encouraging partners to think that holistic view of what that customer needs. So case studies, customer experience metrics, data. I always say an enablement, be nice to everyone because you don't know who's going to help you someday. Make everyone your friend. It just happened last week that I had a partner manager and needed two references for a financial service deal to close. And he's like, I need these two very specific references and case studies. And I could call up that woman in voice of the customer and get them in. I think I had them in 10 minutes. So
1: amazing.
0: Make everybody in your organization your friends work cross collaboratively because I think. When you're talking especially about the partner ecosystem, you don't know exactly where those customers are going to come from. They might be different segments. They might be different verticals. You're not looking at this very narrow perspective on what this potential opportunity is. It's so wide sometimes that you really have to have a lot of different resources and friends to make sure you can come up with good collateral to make it really engaging.
1: I want to change gears a bit and talk about starting out with a partner enablement program. There's a lot of commercial sales and sales leaders listening to this podcast that might not have the luxury of having a sophisticated partner enablement program in place. If you had a clean slate in front of you as a business leader, how would you go about establishing a partner enablement program?
0: Wow. That is a great question. Well, that's really interesting because. I think that the ecosystem is so challenging to really understand. You really do need people with channel experience to really understand that ecosystem and understand all the different players. The partner community is vast. And I think that that's something we've done really well at Ring Central is really identifying what the different partners and what they actually bring like a master agent may have hundreds of people under him or her selling the product and then it rolls up to them. So I think if I was going to start a partner program is really just having some people with a lot of channel experience. And I think people who are enablement professionals, we're super curious human beings, so we learn fast. So it would definitely be, The programming people at the top and then partnering with those enablement professionals and then partnering with great marketing too. So you can get the message of what you can really add value to the partner's business. But there's so many great softwares right now. If I had an unlimited budget, I'd love to have like more gamification in our onboarding and our certifications. So if I was going to do a partner enablement team, I think that would be nice to have too, is unlimited budget to do some of those really cool things. Think about it too. I mean, so many of those LMSs right now, they're not mobile first. So you're paying licenses for all these partners to be able to take your enablement and your trainings and your certifications, but they're not mobile first. So there is a lot of great mobile-first software out there, but it's really expensive. So how do you scale when you have thousands of partners? It's difficult. So yeah, you need some cash too.
1: <laughs> That's awesome. Devin. thank you so much for sharing your insights. I've learned a lot, as always, when I talk to you. If people want to talk further about partner enablement and continue the conversation with you, where can they find you online?
0: I love LinkedIn. It's like my home away from home. So Devin, Vala LinkedIn. Connect with me. I love having friends. And I like friends all over the world because I'm going to come visit you someday.
1: Come over. You're always welcome. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much, Devin.
0: Thank you, Felix. This was really fun. Have a great day.
1: You too. Bye-bye. Next time on the State of Sales Enablement... I believe in this team. I am passionate
0: about what the team can be able to accomplish. There is talent there. There is passion behind it. Most importantly, there is this willingness and urge amongst the sales individual, the sales crew members I talk with on a regular basis to learn, to grow, and to evolve. That can't be taught. That's inherent.